In terms of structuring deals, uh, and, and again, we realize that you know, time, time is precious. Uh, yep. you, you hit on a couple of things there about how deals are structured. So rather than sort of going off on a, it for, on a, you know, a, a three hour conversation about it, and I appreciate that we could probably get a hell of a lot more great content out of, out of this conversation, this podcast. So I appreciate your time and thank you very much for that, Sam. In, can you just go over a couple of things or ways that deals can be structured, you know, like double settlements, uh, other types of JVs, you know, options, selling and lease back. Just give a brief overview of how some people will go down and, and how there okay. are a, a different what, range of ways to structure deals. So however a deal is structured, regardless if that's um, a development site to a housing association, if it's an investment um, to a fund, if it's um, a plot to build one unit or a thousand units, if it's um, a PD scheme on a small um, uppers of a, a building to a large office building, whatever deal you structure, there's always a buyer and there's always a seller and there's always two lawyers. Um, so the the easiest thing to give you as a takeaway is first, and I've mentioned it before, make sure you're dealing with the correct parties um, at both ends of the uh, of the transaction. Um, and how you get from owner to seller, uh, sorry, owner to buyer, um, will vary in, in so many different ways. But um, the normal way a deal is, is structured is either we will come to you and say, we think you've got a building that um, we can add value to. Um, you may have an owner that has worked that out for themselves and has gone off and got planning, or they've got to... Uh, the stage maybe on a commercial building when they've just put in a new tenant on a new lease um, and that might be the time to sell because they're obviously selling something that's got a nice covenant in place with longer time um, for an investor to then pay for that. You're going to pay more for something with 10 years less than you are with one year left if you're buying an investment. Obviously, sometimes an investment might then turn into a development deal if you've got a year left and it's got some planning potential on that plan is worth more than what the income would be worth. Um, so it's about normally um, for the seller side of um, uh, the transaction, if we're coming to you to say, do you want to sell? Is this a good time? You will have an owner that has um, understood that from themselves and it's their time to sell and they may have got planning or they may just want to sell it as, as it is. You might have an option seller that has gone to a landowner to say, look, I've got the expertise to take this from, um, I don't know, an old MOT station into a development for flats. And then those, whoever that be, the guy that is the now in control with the option agreement, be it the landowner, with, be it us going to them to say, look, we now could either put you in contact with, a, um, uh, with someone that will take an option. The difference between an agent putting that together than you putting it together is you may have had two or three letters that have been wrote to you or we've seen your building, we'd like to um, come and speak to you. And obviously it's going down that route of an option. Obviously for uh, a developer or an option buyer, their job is to get that for as little as humanly possible mm. to then make as much money as humanly possible. And where we differ is our job is to not just go to the one paying the most money because it doesn't matter if they don't get planning, the money doesn't exist. So you might go to five or 10 really good planning experts in that particular location. It might suit one party more than the next. Make sure we're putting them in at the right money for the owner and there's profit to be made for, for those guys. And then however you get there, that's normally how 
the deal starts, you've got something now with planning or something that needs planning or something that's passed its sell-by date or an owner that wants to sell um, on the back of it just being time. Um, you've then got lots of ways of structuring um, what we do. So you can have off-market transactions where we may, for certain reasons, it might be sensitive. The owners may not want open marketing. It might be trading. They might not want their staff to know. There could be lots of reasons for off-market. We would then go to the best buyers in that for, for that particular um, product and then um, get them offers, get things agreed, and then you're off to legals. If it's an open market disposal, um, it isn't just a case of, oh, I'm an owner, I want two million quid for it. Like, great, you know, I want to be married to Beyonce, but you know, you can't uh you can't have what you want. And what we would then do is value what they've got, be that through yield or be that through what it's got planning for, really understand what they've got or what the potential of, of what they've got is. Um, and that will then give you an end figure. So if you know that someone will pay 1.2 million quid for a 60 grand income because it's got a nice government, you know what someone will pay for it. Um, so investments are, for me, slightly easier to, to value. If it's a development site, there's a lot of opinions involved. So you would go off to your normal uh, property portals, understand what flats and houses are selling for in those local areas, understand what your gross development value is. So for real newbies out there, that's what the flats and houses will be worth once they're built. You then have an end value. Um, so if you just worked it on a one-house scheme and made it really easy, um, if you've got a thousand square foot house that's a thousand pound a foot, you've got a million pound house once it's built. Um, you might look at a builder um, paying 200 pounds a square foot to build it. So, you know, it's 200,000 to build plus a load of um, money for services, architects, working drawings, your professional fees. You then look at how much money someone will borrow through that process to take it from um, acquisition through to being developed. Um, you'll look at the taxes involved. You look at um, you know every aspect of a development, and that goes into an appraisal that then will give you a land value at the bottom. Um, we're normally, if you you know, most people will have sort of uh, a strong end value, a medium end value, and a realistic end value. You'll then have realistic build costs. Maybe someone could build it for a bit less than strong ones. You then have a little chart of what the land values might be if the wind blows in the right direction or it doesn't. You can then go to an owner and say, look, if we get every, if a buyer really wants it, maybe they'll work on a 15% profit margin rather than 20. Maybe they're building at one foot rather than 200. That's the absolute maximum that your site's worth. It's probably more like this level. Um, and then at that stage, and if it's open marketing, we would then take direct instructions, launch that to the market uh, and offers in excess of the sensible level. We sit back as agents then and let um, the database and our uh, agents within my company go out and speak to buyers. You then get a field of offers um, to work back through who is the right party at the right money that's going to professionally engage with the site. Um, and you take it through to, to exchange and completion. But it really depends on an owner how you would take that deal from A to B. Uh, do they want it on the open market? Do they want to do it quietly? Um, it's a real mixed bag at the moment. I'd say of the, I think we have, just looking at our board, I think we've got 13 sites that we've been dealing with um, since the, we got back in January. Mm -hmm. 11 are under offer. Two have got um, acceptable offers are very close to being acceptable going through at the moment. I'd say half were off market, half were on market. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, our process would generally be if I get an instruction from someone, we could obviously get ourselves um, signed up so we're um, legally protected. I may then say to the owner, look, give us two weeks. We'll go and speak to the best buyers um, as a bit of a pricing exercise. You might get someone that really puts their hand up at money that you think, yeah, that's acceptable. 
the owner might agree, give them two weeks to buy it, because if they don't, we can still then launch it to the open market. Um, and I think at the last count, we've now got 37,000 buyers on my database um, and my LinkedIn. So there is a huge, you know, from Bob the Builder to Bellway Homes, you know, they're, they're all in there. Uh, and same with investors that we've got. Um, we're selling a really nice um, charity shop at the moment to um, a couple at retirement age, and they're buying it with their um, with the money that they've got from retiring, and this will be their income for their for their pension. So we're dealing with um, really a Mr. and Mrs. Jones buying um, um, an income for their nest egg, um, and our database is full of these people. And again, that comes from being very active. Which the boys are probably being a bit frustrated that they're having to stay off the phones while we're while we're doing uh, this. But you know, it's yeah. I, I, again, as you said, you could go on for hours talking about those. But the structure from from us as agents is you'll normally be dealing with um, a landowner that just wants their money now. You might be dealing with a landowner that's got planning. You might be dealing with an option holder that's got planning, and now we need to sell it for them because they're not a developer, but they're the middleman, um, and it will be a wide range of um, people that own investments that may want to sell off part of their portfolio for whatever reason. And then we engage either on or off market, taking that to our database or our um, sometimes more solid buyers, sometimes that that for an owner. Um, you know, we had a transaction uh, recently um, and the owners for whatever reason had got themselves into a bit of trouble and we needed to buy um, their development site in 48 hours and we did buy it in 48 hours and there isn't many people that can transact that quickly which is great fun for me because I get on the phone to more seasoned guys that are sitting there with the, waiting for those phone calls to be able to go yeah I'll put the money in the bank tomorrow um, will be yeah. take far more than what a normal developer you know if you if you see the transaction that we've done recently no searches um, the lawyer read what it had planning for few things on there that weren't ideal, some restrictive covenants that they've had to take a view on. And these guys think, yes, it's cheap enough. Yes, I'll buy that tomorrow and we'll deal with it afterwards and we'll assist them in dealing with it afterwards. Um, but there were some unknowns on there that I could have put that site in front of a thousand developers and a thousand would have said no because the uncertainty wouldn't have been good enough. But, you know, again, it comes down to that particular owner needed that money in a very short space of time your pool of buyers become much smaller for people that will take those risks. So it, it's a real wide um, spectrum, you know, talking to a, a lovely Chinese couple buying, a, 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 you know, a, a shop in Southwest London for their, um, for their pension compared to speaking to, uh, you know, four brothers and si sisters that have inherited a, a small site with development from their, their dad to dealing with, um, you know, large housing associations and developers on hundred unit plus schemes that the, the deals vary so much, but they're, you know, it's, um, keeps us busy. No, uh, absolutely fair enough. There's, um, it just seems to me like there's no one right answer fits all. I mean, obviously great guidance, great advice that you've given. And you know, so, so going for nearly an hour. So again, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, just a couple of questions that spring to mind. Uh, we'll wind this down now. A couple of questions that spring to mind. Do you find that uh, with, from a developer's point of view or people, someone's got a, a set of land or a building or whatever, they're not too sure what to do with it. Uh, let's just say they instruct Joe Bloggs down the street. Uh, Joe Bloggs might wildly value the building. They, then they might come to you. You might have a look at that and go, hang on a minute, that's not going to add up. Have you ever had that scenario happen? And if so, how do you then deal with the vendor 
on that. That's obviously they're going to have a, a higher price set in their mind. How do you deal with that sort of situation? So we, we genuinely only have to deal with that every day. Um, in, you know, that's a very <laughs> com- common scenario. Um, and, you know, there's, there's different ways of, uh, of dealing with these um, scenarios, but the main one is, is just educating owners to what they've got and what it's worth. Um, now, with COVID, um, lots of face-to-face meetings and site meetings um, were just not viable. Um, so we, we've had to do it on Zoom. We've had to do it on telephone conversations. And sometimes that's enough. But in general, if you've got a scheme um, that I've, uh, if it doesn't have planning, um, you know, you would normally just realize that there's four siblings. They want four million quick because it's a nice round number. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't have planning on something, you need to go and get professional advice, spend some money on a viability report with planning consultants and architects so they can tell you what's what's viable or what could be viable. Because until you know what is possible on something with a planning consent or be that um, on indicative schemes from good professionals telling you what's possible, then it's back to valuation. It's back to an appraisal. You need to know what it's worth when it's built, what it's worth when it's, um, uh, when it's completed to work that back through bill costs, to work that right down to what it's worth with planning on a, um, so I use this analogy with a lot of owners. If you're selling something without planning, you're probably going to get 50, 60, 70 pence in the pound because someone is going to be taking a risk. The fact that they've got to go through the planning process, the fact that they've got to um, uh, also put all their money in. So on an option agreement, the reason people can pay a landowner more is they haven't had to buy the site. If you buy a site at a million quid and you've got to complete your money's ticking from day one. Um, if you, can pay 1.2 million quid on an option. You actually haven't paid any money until it's got planning until you've bought it. So you can break ground the day you own it. And there's there's money savings for all involved and you can you can get more. So on an option agreement, you might get 60, 70, 80 pence in the pound. And again, that's deal dependent. Has it got basements? What's the planning risk? What area is it in? And then if you want to get all the money, you need to get planning yourself with the right professionals to get the correct planning to then be able to sell it. And when you sit down with owners and you're like, okay, you've been on the market with a local agent, you've spoke to 10 developers, you've had a few abortive transactions, you've not got what you wanted. Me as a me as an agent and a, and a good one, I tell every owner the same thing. My job, strangely, isn't to sell your development site because my job, um, it's, your life, it's your land, it's your site, it's your money. But my job is to educate you to exactly what that's worth in the current market. So by me taking this on, I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to show you why it's worth this. Now, the other guy may have said it's worth two million quid. I'm telling you it's not. I'm telling you it's worth one and a half. But the best chance you've got of getting near to two million quid is package it professionally, have the right professional team selling it for you, uh, understand why these are worth what they're worth. And again, if the wind blows in all the right directions, and also competition. If you've got 10 people that want something, you're going to get more money for it. So we've got, as I said, 37,000 people on our database or whatever the mad number is now. You're going to have a bigger pool of people. Put that into those, those guys. If I sit down with a landowner after two weeks of marketing and you wanted 2 million quid and we've launched it at offers in excess of 1.5 million quid and I've got 10 people at 1.4, I've got three people at 1.1 and I've got one guy at 1.7. Your site today is worth 1.7. Now, you might not have to take it. And that's when I say to them, my job's not to sell your property. Um, my job's to educate you to what it's worth. It's up to you if you take that bid or not. And that's something that I certainly learned through my 
agency process that once you have that as your outlook and it's not just you've got to take one seven, you've got to take one seven because you've got a nice fee on the back of it. It's not your job to do that. For me, your job is to educate these guys to the best that that site's worth. And if they take it, great. And if they don't, we've made some friends. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do with it now. You might want to go back to planning. You might want to build it yourself, whatever that, you know, you might want to hold on to it. That's entirely up to the client. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've forgotten the original question. We've gone off on a, on a tangent. Again, I'm, I'm murdered for it. But, um, yeah. Um, so it's education is the answer. And uh, sorry, I've remembered the question now. So if you're sitting there with a landowner and they've seen their sites been in front of all of those buyers and they're not getting what they want, is it your agent? Nope. Is it the site? Nope. It's the money. Always the money. Um, but when you're dealing with unprofessional agents or guys that, you know, with respect to local estate agents, yes, they can sell your land and your development or your investment for you. But in general, the buyers that they deal with will be ones that they're dealing with at the end. So some buyers have come, some developers have come and said, right, I've got six lovely houses all developed. Can you go and do what you do now as an estate agent and sell them? They'll have made those relationships all through their careers. They're going to these developers and saying, oh, I've got this land for sale. It's got nine flats on it. You know, it's the wrong process instantly because they're doing the developer a favor. Where our job is to make sure we get the right money for the landowner. Um, and that comes from however they want to do it, off market or on market, but making sure you've got enough people considering that property to then be able to educate an owner to what is realistic that's out there. And if they agree with you, you do deals. And if they don't, they keep them. Um, but without question, that that is definitely the key to, to, to what we do, um, to understand what you do, to have a, a, an opinion that is is right. 99 times out of 100. It's very rare. I've got a deal book on my desk and it's got hundreds and hundreds of landowners and sites where they think they're going to get more money. I ring them every three months, every six months, and guess what? They still haven't sold them. And at some point, their planning will lapse or their situations will change or they'll get bored of me, keep ringing them and saying, you haven't sold it yet, have you? When you are ready to engage professionally, and then I back it up again in writing, um, and it's amazing how many husbands or wives or someone else in the scenario of the ownership or another partner I haven't spoke to will get those letters and go, hang on a minute, that makes sense. Let's do it. You know, let's instruct you. Let's go and because there, there's normally more than one decision maker. And I find letters are really strong, actually, that other people will sometimes read them. Um, and it can be difficult sometimes because you give these opinions and you give them in a strong way. And I do trust my judgment now. I've been doing it for over 20 years. I do trust my judgment and it's right more times than it's wrong. Um, but sometimes owners won't come back to you and you could lose it to another agent because, you know, they you, they think you might say, I told you so. And it's not about that. You know, it's having an opinion and having a platform to stick by it. And for us now, with the amount of deals that we've done, if you're a homeowner and you undo your front door and you want to sell your house and there's uh, six sold boards on your, on your road by the same agent, you're probably going to use them because they probably know what they're doing. And for us now, mm -hmm. the business has got easier because I've got examples of sites that you're is going to be similar to yours that we can show you that we've done this over and over again and it just makes our job easier but uh yeah i hope that answers the question that even though again i've taken 10 minutes to answer something that i could have said yes or no so <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's, it's okay it's all about adding value at the end of the day uh, sam just before uh, sort of guide people to how they can find out more about highfield investments uh given your position with what you're doing and how long you've been doing it for uh and again i appreciate my question might sound broad um, the answer could be as quick or as short as you want. 
In terms of the property market in general, how have you found it in the last year or two? Uh, in terms of is everyone going a bit bonkers in terms of buying? And do you think that that's going to continue throughout 2022 before it cools down? What are your thoughts from, from an agent's point of view? I, I, the, the market has started incredibly strong with the other agents that I talked to. Um, we, we're all doing well at the moment. You know, I think they're... I think the planning system is something that, you know, is probably a question for another day. And I think we're doing a, a part two. So maybe that can be something that we bring up. But the uh, the backlog in planning at the moment is just horrendous. We, we've got probably 10, 15 sites with clients at the moment that just aren't going anywhere. It isn't the principal side of the uh, of the um, of the planning process that's incorrect. But we are against overworked, underpaid um, planning departments that can't cope with the volume um, that's currently out there. Um, there there has been an explosion in option agreements. Uh, there's an explosion in people that want to get into this field. And it just feels like that um, the reason we're doing so well on consented sites at the moment is I think there is a real lack of stock for developers to find at the minute, um, which is it's good when you have instructions because you've got a load of people that want to um, that want to buy the stock you've got, but there's just not enough stock. Um, so in terms of how the business is at the moment, it's really strong. Um, uh, how, um, you know, people can go to the Highfield website. They're welcome to email me. We're, we're always happy to be speaking to landowners, developers. We're, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take calls and emails when we can. Um, we can add people to our database. We can, you know, start the process from people that are starting out to people that might have something that they need our assistance on. Um, but yeah, the market's really, really strong at the moment and, um, long may it continue. You know, it's, um, it was tough. Um, Brexit just made everyone, um, not know if it was going up or down and there was a lot of cautiousness. It was interesting that the really, um, seasoned strong buyers were, were, were out there buying, um, the people, um, that were overexposed with six or seven development sites just plowed on, um, people that had their money in the bank were probably being a cautious um and sorry we should come back just another incoming call um uh, and it was just a little bit of a stalemate um people didn't know um um if to proceed if not to there was a lot of sort of nervousness in transactions once bojo come in and i was a big fan of boris's i still am a big fan of boris to be honest i think the economy's doing really well through really troubled times i know there's some people out there that are struggling and we've got the um, you know, the um, the bills in your home and all those things going up. And it, it does certainly feel to me the rich have got richer and the poor have got poorer and the gaps got bigger um, on, a, on a sort of a more social uh, opinion. Um, but on a selfish front, the market's great. Um, and I think that there's, you know, that's another conversation, you know, social housing and how we deal with um with that is a is another hour probably, um, which I've got strong opinions on, and they're they're all important. But um, for developers, for landowners, and for people in our business at the moment, it's a good time. Um, it doesn't overly mean it's a good time for everyone, um, but certainly for us, it's it's strong at the minute. Fair enough, and um, we'll wrap that up there. I appreciate that. A good insight for for the previous yeah. twelve months and so forth, and for the rest of the year as well. Uh, you mentioned there uh, how people find you so highfieldinvestments.co.uk. Uh, also, uh, Tim underscore Mercer underscore commercial uh, for Instagram purposes, uh, LinkedIn as well, Highfield Investments. We'll put all those links into the show notes as per usual. Uh, 
Sam, any final words of wisdom before we wrap this segment up? Uh, no, I think on the, the next segment, I that we've touched on a couple of things there that would be interesting topics to probably continue on. Um, I've got strong opinions on the planning process um, and what, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, we can all have a, an opinion on certain things, but my opinion is probably not going to change it. Um, but it may give an understanding of the do's and don'ts of how to, to go through that process as the best I can um, impart my knowledge, I guess. Uh, thanks for having us. Um, it's, you know, the, Quite rare for me. I've only done one of these previously. I've been to panels on uh, Clubhouse, those sort of things where people have um, made it go on them. Um, and I think it's probably something we should be doing more of because I think that there is a lot of people that want to get into the business and there's a lot of people that maybe need um, a bit more help coming into it. And we're, we're very much like at Highfield. We've got a reasonably big team. Yes, we're busy, but we've always got time to meet um, new developers, new landowners, um, and and hopefully we will, um, you know, we'll get some uh, we'll get some coverage from that, and hopefully be dealing with some new people. Uh, fantastic stuff. I look forward to that, uh, Sam. Just a massive thank you for your time um, on on all of this. We'll touch base on other topics moving forward. It'd be great to get you back on the show. Um, yeah, wonderful stuff. Thank you very much. We'll put the links in the show notes, and uh, look forward to part two. We'll go through planning, social housing, and other bits and pieces. Wonderful. Thank you.